Take your Bibles and turn with me tonight to Revelations chapter 22. Revelation chapter 22. If you would please stand for the reading of God's Word if you're able to. Am I on? It says it's on. All right. I think they got me there now. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? All right. Yeah, it's not my heart there, you know. <laughs> Revelation chapter 22. And we'll begin reading verse 16. Revelation chapter 22. It says, I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him that heareth say, Come. Let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life. And out of the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. If you look back in verse 16, be our text tonight. Zai Jesus have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, and the bright and morning star. We've been in a series on Wednesday nights preaching through the power in that name, the different names of Jesus Christ and what the, the meanings of them have and how they apply to us, learning a little bit more about Jesus Christ and how that we can live in a greater way for the Lord Jesus Christ by just learning from His name. And so tonight I'd like to preach a message I've titled The, the Root and the Bright and Morning Star. And let's pray. Father, we come to you this evening asking that you would meet with us in a special way. Lord, we need your presence. We need the Holy Spirit to work in our hearts. Lord, I pray that you would forgive me of my sin, where I fail you and sin against you. Hide me behind the cross. Lord, I pray that Jesus Christ be magnified in all that's said and done in the preaching of thy word. Lord, I pray that you'd meet the needs of the people that's under the sound of my voice, Lord, and that you'd work in their hearts and lives, whether they be watching my live stream or here tonight. Lord, just draw them close to you. Help us to take a look, Lord, at what these names have application to our lives about. Lord, help us to know you in a greater way. And Lord, I pray that you would strengthen us and guide us. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated. We're rolling down. If you look here in, in this, this particular, in Revelation, we read from 16 down through 21. 21 being the last verse in the Bible. We're seeing the closing out of, of so many things. When you get over into chapter 22 here, you see, of course, uh, everything's settled. Satan's been cast into the lake of fire. Those who, have, who were to be judged, who did not receive Jesus Christ their Savior, they've been cast into the lake of fire. Uh, all tears have been wiped away. New Jerusalem has come down. And now he's closing out, and this is the last names in, that he uses here in in the New Testament for himself. 
But there's kind of a, it's different. Uh, This last verse we put, we see a different contrast of the names that are put together here in this one verse. You know, we look at that and, and it says root and offspring of David, but he goes on and it compares to the next name, which is the bright and morning star. I mean, there's, that's completely two different areas. I mean, you, go, you, you think about a root uh, that's, uh, that's in the ground, that's under the dirt. You think about a bright and morning star, that's in the sky. Completely different things. You see one and the other you don't see generally. And so we see that this name here of, of Jesus Christ has some special meanings to it. We need to look at these uh, as, far as, uh, as far as scripturally to understand before we get into the application of it. There in verse 16 again it says, I am the root and offspring of David. The root and offspring of David. When considering that Jesus himself called himself, this is Jesus now, he's, he sent an angel to tell them, this is me, I am the, the root and offspring of David. And so as it's been given here, that we, we got to look at this name and put it in perspective scripturally before we can understand the application of it. And so from the root under the ground springs forth life, okay? Everybody's aware of that. I mean, you, you look at the tree, without the, without the root system, you don't have a tree. We find a lot of trees today where the root system dies and the tree blows down pretty easy and, and uh, it dies because it don't have a good root system. We find that uh, the root is important. It's in the ground. It's unseen many times. From the root uh, under the ground, it springs forth life. And that life is what is seen above ground. And not very many people go out and, uh, to a tree, uh, their beautiful tree. They look at the leaves on the tree. They look at the tree. They see it's good and healthy. But you don't find people going out there and taking a shovel and saying, I want to look at that tap root under that tree. I, I just love roots. They don't start uncovering all those roots and trying to look at all the roots and everything. And boy, this has a, this, I love the roots on this tree. This is, boy, I tell you, I, I don't really care about the tree. I, I, I love the roots. No, everybody looks at what the life is that's above ground. They take in consideration the life, but without those roots, you don't have life above ground. And so it's important. The root is important. We might consider that without that root, there's no life above the ground for that plant, but Jesus Christ is the creator. Could I get you to understand? He's the creator of all life. And so he is that root. He's the giver of life. He's therefore the creator of David, which he said he was the offspring of. And he's the creator of all life. He's the root, which shows his divinity or shows his, that he's God. Shows the fact that he is supernatural. He creates all life. He created all life there. But His humanity is revealed in the springing forth from the lineage of David. You can go over into the New Testament. You can look at the, at the lineage of, of Joseph who, and Mary, and, they, and you follow the lineage back, and it goes all the way back through David. Uh, and so He shows His humanity by saying that He is the offspring or comes from the lineage of David. So he ties the two together. He's God, but he was man. He was able to show that he has the ability to give life and that he came for you and I that we might be saved. In Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 1 it says, And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse. Who's that? And a branch shall grow out of his roots. Who is David's father? 
Well, we're going to be here all night. Who was David's father? Jesse. Jesse. And he says, from him springs forth a branch. From the lineage of the humanity side, Jesus came from David, you might say, on the humanity side, his lineage. Zechariah chapter 6 and verse 12 says, Speak unto him, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, Behold a man whose name is the branch. And he shall grow up out of his place, and he shall build the temple of the Lord. Even he shall build the temple of the Lord, and he shall bear the glory, and shall sit and rule upon his throne, and he shall be a priest upon his throne, and the council of peace shall be between them both. And so what you find here, Jesus Christ, he's coming back to establish his kingdom one day. He's not only coming back to establish his kingdom, but he is going to sit on the throne. All the way over here, we're finding that he's already been prophesied that he's coming back and that he's going to sit upon the throne. And, and we find in Zechariah chapter 6 here, and he's going, he, the Bible says that he's the prince of peace. The Bible also says that he is our great high priest. And so we find that uh, he's speaking of him, that he's going to sit upon the throne. He's going to bring peace. Uh, that peace is when he is ruling. And he'll put all wickedness down, all vileness down. So there Jesus is the root and the offspring of David. And for without the root, there is no offspring. This is what you mean. Without Jesus Christ, there is no eternal life. Without Jesus Christ, you, there is no eternal life. He's a giver of life. He came and died at Calvary, laid down his life. You can go over in Scripture and talk about the fact that if, if a seed did not, doesn't go into the ground and die, it cannot bring forth life. Jesus Christ himself is a picture of that. That's a picture of him as how he died on the cross. He was put in the ground, uh, in the tomb for three days, and he rose again, brought back to life. And because he lives, we can live also. He's the root. He's the offspring of David. This is declaring how the Lord Jesus Christ would come into the world the first time that he might bring eternal life to all mankind. But then as we move on down into the latter part of that verse, it says, he says, I am the, the bright and morning star. Actually, the darkest point of the night is not at midnight. It's right before the sun comes up. Right before the sun comes up. And that morning star appears, and it appears brighter than any other star. He says, a bright and morning star, he said. It was, a, it was prophesied of the coming of the star among men that would rise to great power and would rule. In Numbers chapter 24 and verse 17, it says, I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and shall smite the corners of Moab and destroy the children of Seth. And he's talking about the star of Jacob, talking about Jesus Christ, that he would rise. Talking about his, the, 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 the birth of Jesus Christ. We're aware of the, uh, the first time that Jesus Christ came into the world, and that was at birth. 
As he came as a man, he was born of, of a virgin named Mary. But we find in Matthew chapter 2, and begin verse 1, says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and are come to, come to worship him. And so we see that he is... Not only is he spoken of as a star, there was a star that led the, the wise men to him. He's spoken of the bright morning star. So now let me take what we've talked about just a little bit there. The root and offspring of David, the bright and morning star. Let me make some applications for you and me as we live today. You see, I believe in every name that Jesus Christ has, there's an application for your life and for my life. I believe there's an application for the world. If nothing more than to just get us to know Him in a greater way. But I believe with that many times comes a direction for our life and how we're to live as we look at Jesus Christ. You see, you'll find that He was called the carpenter's son. Therefore, you would know that He was involved in some carpentry. You know, your, your name as a, as a carpenter or as a mechanic speaks of your job or things that you do. And in our life, as we see the names of Jesus Christ, there's some things that He wants to direct our lives with out of His name. So first of all, look here. The root grows beneath our feet. In Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1 says, And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The very word of God is planted into hearts and lives. It's planted within, into the hearts of man, and that it might bring forth salvation in the life of a person. You say, well, preacher, what about, what about those who are in the deepest, darkest Africa or, or some country where the gospel's not preached? The Bible speaks of that even nature itself shows us that there's a God. Not only that, but over in Romans chapter 2, it talks about how that the Word of God has been written into the hearts of man, either accusing or else excusing us. Otherwise, what it's saying is, is that though somebody doesn't come and preach the Word of God, there's enough Word of God by the Holy Spirit placed within your heart for you to say there must be a higher power, there must be a God, there must be something. And to cause you to look to that. You say, well, what about the agnostics? What about the atheists? They are rejecting truth. They are rejecting what is even placed within their hearts. Like the, some of the soldiers used to say, said, there's no atheist in a foxhole. When push comes to shove, they begin to want to know. I've got a book of, of uh, last words of the saved and the lost. I've got two books actually down there in my, in my office. And some of the greatest infidels in agnostics and atheists as they call themselves on their deathbeds recanted and said I've lived a lie it's, he's alive and he's real there is a God in their last words and even saying I'm dropping off into the fires of hell 
as their last words. And so he is alive, he's real, he's the giver of life. And so we, we must understand that he gives that life, it's planted within the hearts of man. But you and I, as Christians, it's our job to cultivate what's there. It's our job. It's our job to tell, tell them more about Jesus Christ. It's our job to turn on the light. It's our job to water, to cultivate, to work so that that root can spring up life in that person's heart and life. You see, years ago before I got saved, it was different people that worked in my life that got me to a place where I realized that I, I needed Jesus Christ. I believed there was a God, and I thought I was a pretty good person. And I even had made a pray to prayer, or I didn't even really, really pray a prayer. I just had went forward in a service, and, but I was still lost. But it was through the lives of others and the preaching of God's Word that cultivated that root that was within my life, that watered it and, and brought the Word of God to, to a place where I had to make a decision. Do I cut the root off or do I let it spring into life? Middle of May, Wednesday night, 1975, I decided to let it spring into life. But you know what? Every person in this room, we have a responsibility to get the gospel to others, to encourage them. People are watching your life. And they see a difference in Christians who are living for the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the root grows slowly. And it grows quietly as it works quietly in the hearts of men. Uh, this is why we got to be consistent. You can't just live for the Lord one day and then tomorrow, the next day, live like the, the lost world and then live for the Lord a little bit more and then live like the lost world and, and do and say what the lost world does because people are watching your life. There must be a consistency in Christians' lives living for the Lord Jesus Christ because people are watching you and me. And our lives are cultivating and watering the Word of God. You see... We've got to be consistent to live before the lost world a Christ-honoring testimony. Romans 14, 7 says, For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. Over the years, there's been different people that I've talked to that would share with me how that they watched certain people. Maybe when they was in high school. I remember different ones and that... Uh, that shared with me that there'd be somebody in, in their high school or somebody at work or somebody in their family they was consistently living for the Lord Jesus Christ and people didn't realize they was watching them and waiting. Watching to see if they were real. Watching to see if it was true. Watching to see if it would make a difference in their life before they ever got saved themselves. I've also talked to people, and you have too. They have known professed Christians who live like the lost world and act like the lost world and do what the lost world does and see no difference in their lives and say, if that's Christianity, I don't need it. That's what's sad. 
Because we're to cultivate that so that that root can spring up into that branch, into that life in that person's heart and life. So that they will get saved, so that they receive Jesus Christ, eternal life. You know, here's what's so sad. Even though they see that in, in Christians' lives, professed Christians, who live like, the, like they do, no difference in their life and no difference in their talk and no difference in what they do than what they do. And they, they say, oh, you need Jesus Christ. But there's no difference in their life. You know what this person thinks? Huh. You know, if they're going to heaven, I am too. But the sad fact is this. If that person that says they're saved did receive Jesus Christ as Savior, and maybe they really didn't, maybe they're just religious, when that person who says, well, I'm just as good as them and I don't need that, when they stand before the Lord Jesus Christ in heaven and they try to give that as an excuse, the Bible says they are without, look at Romans chapter 1, without excuse. Go where Matthew says, he'll tell them, depart from me for I never knew you. And they will be cast. And when you look at the Greek, or the yeah, the Greek term for being cast, it means to literally hurl, to throw like a baseball. They will be cast into the lake of fire forever and ever and ever. You go over into Jeremiah, it talks about having the blood upon your hands because of the way you lived your life, because you didn't share and didn't warn people of eternity to come. To think as a Christian that you live like the world and didn't, uh, didn't cultivate uh, uh, the root and, and, and so that the branch could come up in other people's lives by the way you lived and you acted and talked and, and lived like the world and one day stand before the Lord and see blood dripping from your hands. Those who you could have influenced, those who you could have made a difference in their lives. I think that's one of the reasons that we'll, the Lord says that he'll wipe away all tears. Because I think there'll be a lot of crying because we've seen how we should have lived and could have lived to reach others. Maybe our family members, maybe our best friends, maybe even a spouse or a brother and sister or whatever. So important. I don't think, I think a lot of Christians today think, well, you know, what's the big deal? I'm going to heaven. You know what? Your life is going to make a difference one way or another in somebody else's life. You see, for some, it takes years of watching and listening to your life before they receive Jesus Christ, your Savior. For years, for years, we had witnessed, my, my grandmother had talked to my uncle about, about being saved, shared the Lord with him, and, and uh, we had given him gospel tracts and had talked to him at different times. He was 80 Nine years old when he got saved. For some, and that is a rarity, but for some it takes years. Just like the root system on a tree, over the years it keeps going deeper and deeper. And through the droughts and through the dry times, that taproot goes deeper and deeper, finding water and moisture. My friends, sometimes it takes years for people watching you and watching me, hearing the gospel, being prayed for, being invited to church. You know, sometimes 
Let me say this. Sometimes we invite somebody to church two or three times and we quit. Don't quit. The root grows real slow. And you can't see it. Sometimes you say, well, that person, they're just ornery. They're just mean. They don't want anything to do with the Lord. Some of the meanest and orneriest people is the ones that's under the most conviction. And God deals with their heart. But they won't show it because the root is under the ground. So we must be consistent. We must be continue on to cultivate and to be that witness and to water. You say, well, what about in this day and time? Even in the darkest of night, the root still grows. You mean the sunshine doesn't have Even in the darkest of night, the root still grows. I didn't realize this. I, you know, I probably should have learned it in school, but I didn't realize this. I used to work at a um, rental place part-time, Boonville. The number one thing that went out at two times during the year, it went out all the time, but two times during the year, generally was uh, a sewer auger. So, oh boy, this, where's this going? In the fall and in the spring, because when you're seeing the leaves grow and when you're seeing all the beauty of it, the roots aren't growing so much. But when the leaves are gone and when everything above ground seems dead and seems the darkest and the bleakest is when those roots are growing the most. That's why they would come and get the sewer auger. Say, what's it got to do with sewer auger? Because it would get it, the, those little hair-like roots would make their way into their sewer lines. And if there's the, the least bit of crack, it seeks out water and it will go to those, those, uh, drain, those drains and, and those uh, sewer pipes and it will work its way in. It's unbelievable how they can get in a pipe. You take that sewer auger and run it through there and pull out big balls of, of roots from trees. You realize that even in the darkest of times, the root's still growing. In the most difficult times in people's lives, that root's growing. When they're going through difficult times and it seems the darkest hour of their life, the root's still growing. And we must keep our eyes upon the Lord Jesus Christ and be that witness for Him. You see, many times we don't realize what the Lord's trying to do in people's lives and and, 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 and we, we, we give up on them too quick. We give up on them. Never give up on people. Keep witnessing. Keep inviting. Keep encouraging them in the Lord. So even in the darkest hours, the darkest days, while we're waiting for that, that bright and morning star to open the dawning of a new day, we must do all that we can to bring others to Christ. And then it's the darkest before the rising of the bright and morning star. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19, says, We have also a more sure word of prophecy, prophesying about the coming of the Lord. Whereunto ye, ye do well, that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn 
and the day star arise in your heart. The day star, the morning star. Right before we're, we're living in, in a dark hour and, and Jesus Christ should be shining the brightest from our lives right now. When you look at how the world is living and how the lost world is acting, Christians should be shining brighter now than they ever have before. Our witness should be louder than it ever has before. If we turn out the lights, if I, if I was to take a single match and strike a single match and hold it up in here, uh, you, could, you could tell no difference in the lighting in this room. But if we turn off all the lights and I strike a single match, the same single match, you'd see how much difference it'd make in a dark room. What if we all shined in these dark days? See, preacher, how dark is it getting? Well, I think it's getting exciting. I seen a, a post and I went and read it because for some reason, our news outlets in America are not carrying it. And that is, is that Putin, the leader of Russia, threatened today, threatened Israel with an attack. I went and pulled it up on a, on a website from the UK. Couldn't find one in the United States. Pulled it up on, on, the, on the website out of the UK. And he said, you are, if you continue to do what you're to escalate what's going on in Gaza against the Palestinians, he said, you are threatening Russia. And we will launch an attack against you. Have you ever read Ezekiel 38? If you haven't, that's your homework tonight because I may deal with that a little bit on Sunday. Ezekiel 38 talks about Russia, Gog, and other countries that will come in against Israel, a dark day. If you read that, you'll find that there's some other countries that say, basically are saying, what are you doing? Why are you going in? Are you going after spoil? Are you going after money? Or basically, what are you, what are you going after? And those countries are identified, and part of them is the, the cubs of the lions, the lions. You know what America is? With a cub off the lion. Who's lion? Great Britain. And so we're standing back wringing our hands and saying, Russia, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. And Russia goes in. While we're talking, while we're doing diplomacy, while we're not supporting Israel. Oh, I forgot to mention what President Biden said today. He said, de-escalate it today giving his warning. AOC and her group, what are they called? Uh, not club or something, I forget what it was they call them. Bunch of witches is what I call them. 
they are trying to, they're supposed to be to the House of Representatives, they're going to present a bill to withhold the arms that Israel was paying $753 million for armaments for defense. Guess what? Biden's on board. Oh, it's getting exciting. So I didn't think something like that was going to happen until after the rapture and we was out of here. No, that one's probably going to happen before the rapture. It might happen after, but if you look at the timing in the scripture, it looks like it's going to be before. We're going to watch it. We're going to see it. But get ready because we're out of here. It's getting close, folks. Say, so what do you mean? The bright morning star right before the dawn. Right before the dawn, the bright morning star appears. What are we seeing? Everything falling together. America is going down like this. We no longer have the respect of other countries. Isn't it amazing all these countries immediately after we changed leadership have started Russia, did their thing, went into going into other countries, and all the others started battling. Now Russia is threatening Israel. They did not do that before. we got other things going on. And so basically what's happening, we're seeing a America pull back, which is a reason possibly that we'll see in, the, in, the, in, in prophecy that America does not really take a stand on anything and exist as a player in the end times. So the bright morning star appears right before the dawning. The morning star precedes the, and signifies that the dawning of a new day is coming. What is that? That is the coming of the Lord. And the coming of the Lord Jesus will be the dawning of a new and eternal day. No more darkness. No more night. Jesus at the, His coming will usher in and unclouded and eternal glories of an everlasting kingdom. A root may grow slowly, but the coming of light of the bright and morning star is suddenly, is suddenly, quickly. In fact, the scripture tells us in Revelations 22, 12, says, And behold, I come quickly. I come quickly. The last ver- one of the last verses there that we read a while ago in verse 20, it says, He which testifies these things say it, Surely I come quickly. Jesus Christ says, I'm coming quickly. Like the dawning of a new day. 1 Corinthians 15, 52, it says, In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, For the trump shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. We're out of here. In a moment and twinkling of the eye. See, light travels at 186,200 miles per second. A twinkle. See, what's a twinkle, preacher? The time it takes for that light to hit your eye and reflect. It happens at 182,200 
miles per second. So what does that mean for us? Well, until the bright and morning star splits that eastern sky, we're to be those lesser lights. You know, if you go out on a clear night, there's stars everywhere. Some are brighter than others. But they're not quite as bright as, they're not near as bright as the morning star, bright morning star. We're to be that light like they are. Through the darkness, you see, we're to point others to Jesus Christ. We're to point them to that day star, Jesus. In Matthew 5, verse 14 says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. We're to be a light also. Just as that day star, Jesus Christ, is going to come on scene. We need to be a light now. People need to see Jesus Christ. We need to be pointing them to the dawning, to the day star. We need to be pointing them to Jesus Christ with our lives, with our testimony, with our mouths. We're to be stars of the night, shining and waiting the bright and morning star to appear and usher in the eternal kingdom of God. Revelations twenty two seventeen says, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. Let him that heareth say, Come. Let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take the, take the water of life freely. We're to be those who are saying, come, come, come to Jesus Christ. Come and take a drink of that eternal water. Come and, and know Jesus Christ as your Savior. Come and, and have eternal life. Come and know what Jesus Christ can do in your life, not only in eternity, but even now. Even in the backdrop of darkness. In this world, we should lift up the day star, Jesus Christ, giving hope of a new day, a new beginning. You know, a lot of times it seems like, I don't know if you've ever been this way, it seems like you always get, feel the worst maybe at night or get sick at night. And you just can't wait for the sun to come up. There's just something about you wish for the sun to come up when you're sick at night. I don't know what it is. But can I tell you, we ought to be wishing and looking for the sun to come up. We ought to be wishing and, 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 and wanting to see that new dawning or that, that beginning, to see the Lord come back, to see the new Jerusalem come down, to see God do great and mighty things, to catch us out of here, catch us up in the rapture. You see, this world may be getting darker. But we should be lifting up our eyes and pointing others to the bright and morning star. As we do that, as you share the gospel with others, as you invite them, as you tell them about Jesus Christ, as they see Jesus Christ in your life, one day if we're faithfully telling others and pointing others to Christ, we also will shine. In fact, over in Daniel chapter 12 and verse 3, it says this, And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Well, think about that. Y'all make fun of me not having any hair. I walk in places and they say, oh man, cover the glare. Oh man, can't see anything. I, 
The other day I walked into the bus barn and I didn't, I'd forgot my hat and they was all going, whoo! I said, y'all need to straighten up. You know what? We need to shine one of these days again. If we'll turn others to Jesus Christ. The Bible says you'll shine as what? The stars in heaven. That's a promise from God. I'd just like to shine. I've got a little start on it. But I don't think it's that type of shine. The fact is, is that I think about Moses, Jimmy, I think about Moses as he'd been up in the presence of God. When he come down off the mount, Mount Moriah, come down and he stood before the people and he didn't realize it but the Bible says that his face shone it was the, the being in the presence of God the glory of God caused him to shine and he actually had to take a veil and put upon his face because the people were afraid of that shine that he had I think that's going to be something like that in heaven for those who lead others to Christ but we won't have to put on a veil Proverbs 11.30 says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. Otherwise, taking the gospel to others. So what do we do? Rejoice. Rejoice in the glory of the bright and morning star. As he's about to usher in the dawning of a new day. You say, what do you mean rejoice in the bright and morning star? Hey, I'll tell you what. Every Christian ought to get stirred. Every Christian ought to get excited about the fact that the morning star is, is reaching the sky. And, and it means the dawning of a new day is coming. An eternal day. One where we'll never be out of the presence of God throughout eternity. Always in his presence. Amen. The dawning of a new day. Woo! <clears throat> Preacher, you excited? Oh, the dawning of a new day. He'll put down all wickedness. No more sin. No more Satan. No more IRS. <laughs> Boy, it's going to be good. By that river of life. Say, what are you going to do when you get the river of life? I'm going to fish, amen. <laughs> I'm going to fish. You say, you think there's going to be fish in that river? Lord knows I like to fish. He put some in there for me, amen. <laughs> the dawning of a new day. No more pain. No more wheelchairs. <laughs> no more masks. No more death. I've heard of different ones that got killed in auto accidents today. No more death. No more sickness. We'll rejoice now. 2 Timothy 4, it says, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them that, all, that also that love his appearing. 
You talk to some people. I'm talking about Christians. Oh, it wouldn't be good to Lord. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I just, I'm, I just, no, uh, you know. I'm looking for the Lord to come back. I'm excited about it. See, Jesus is both root and star, the beginning of life and the coming of eternal life. He's the bright and morning star. My friend, we ought to be shining His glory. We ought to be cultivating the root. We ought to be pointing people to that day star because the dawning is coming. The dawning of a new day. dawning of an eternal day. There will be no need of a sun or moon because Jesus Christ will be the light that lights all. The bright morning star. Let's bow. Father, we thank you. We love you. Lord, I pray that we might be that witness and that testimony. Lord, you are that root, the offspring of David. And you're also that bright and morning star. One we see in the sky. One we don't see as you work to bring forth life and eternal life. The hearts and lives of man. Help us, Lord, to cultivate. Help us, Lord, to water. Help us, Lord, to show and be that light also for others to see Jesus Christ. Help us to be a shining light in this dark world. Lord, may you have your own way. Lord, I pray tonight maybe folks here just need to say, Lord, I want to be that light. I want to, I want to cultivate that root. I want to invite others. I've, I've been afraid to or I've been ashamed to or just didn't know what to say. Lord, I pray that you just help them to come and say, Lord, help me to be that. But have your own way tonight. Lord, there may be someone here tonight that doesn't know Jesus Christ their Savior. Lord, if they would, with everything that's about to happen, boy, they better be, they better be looking to the day star. They better be looking to that bright morning star of Jesus Christ because that is their only hope. Lord, just in a little while we're out of here and they'll be left behind. Oh, they'll go through the seven-year tribulation and then be cast into the lake of fire in the end. Lord, I pray that you have your own way in this time of invitation. This we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me tonight?